Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, Armor Insiders. Welcome, Armor Subscribers. Welcome, anybody who's new. This is the Armor Report. It's the week in review. I'm Brett Rosenthal. We're going to talk about stocks. Let's break it down real quick. The Armor Report is all about protecting capital. First, capturing upside. Second, okay, we follow a three-stage process. Build our whiteboard. Use proprietary algorithms to find entry and exit points. Tie it all up with stop losses. Structure portfolios. That's what we're doing here. All right, I'm sharing with you my experience. I've been doing it over 30 years, running my own capital, capital for others. So I'm sharing with you the good, the bad, and the ugly of how I run my own personal capital in the hopes that it helps you over time build your own strategy, um, hopefully avoiding some of the pitfalls I've gone through over my 30-plus years, and hopefully adding you know, some edge to what it is you're doing. All right? So, of course, as always, I don't know you personally. I can't give you advice. I can't say, hey, go buy this stock. I don't know your risk tolerance. I don't know, you know what your, your goals are. So take it with a grain of salt. This is what I do personally. You go out there and grab whatever makes you comfortable and build your own strategy. So um, what we're going to be doing today, we're going to talk about the indexes, right? This is a mechanical bull market, as I've been saying for a while, created by the Fed after the collapse last year. It continues to lumber on, okay? And then underneath those indexes that are at this 45-degree angle of ascent, we see an undertow that can rip certain parts of this market, which rip the guts out of parts of the market, and then grind itself higher. And so this is an, a year where the whiteboard's incredibly important, the research you're doing is important, um, calibrating your stops correctly is important, Okay, um, and what I'm going to do is look at the indexes with you, see what they're telling us this week. We're risk monitor yellow. That hasn't changed. Not going to change right now. Not going to go green. But we saw some interesting action last week. We're going to go over the indexes. Then we're going to talk about group ETFs. There's a very strange battle going on between utilities and financials. I'm going to show it to you, try to figure out what it means for the market going forward. We're going to drill down, look at some of our favorite stocks that we were buying on our desk last week. We might buy next week. Okay, we'll go over some chart patterns. Um, and then we're going to wrap it up with a bow of cannabis couch discussion. Haven't been on the cannabis couch in a while. We've been off it. No reason to be on it when they're going straight down. I don't care how great the story is. But I want to share with you what it is we're looking for that may develop over the next X amount of weeks that would get us back into those stocks. Now, of course, I'll take your Q&A. So let's hop right in. If you have an interest, you can always subscribe right down here. You know, the like button, I really don't care. You guys want to hit it, go ahead and hit it. That's fine, fine with me. All right, so let's dive in first. This is, of course, the website, the Armour Report. You can subscribe up here to the free version if you want to get your um, daily uh, email updates about what we're doing. Um, so let's, let's dive into chart patterns. First things first. And I am on a bit of a time limit today. Usually we talk for, I don't know, an hour and a half. But today we're going to try to keep it down to an hour. So let me just rip through some thoughts and then get to your questions. All right, we're looking at the indexes. So we have risk monitor yellow. It means that we're – this is a very strange thing before I dive into it, just so you understand. I manage my money in different pools, okay? And I do that. I separate the pools of capital personally because – at any given time, one strategy will be outperforming another, and I get a blended approach. So I have capital in my index-only portfolio. It's got 140% market exposure. I mean, that's so odd, so rare when you compare that to the risk monitor, which is yellow. It's just it's usually a different um, um, setup, right? So I'm saying to you there's this wall of worry that's building in my mind this undertow underneath the market where certain parts of the market get gutted for no apparent reason. And so the potholes are large, yet the indexes keep grinding higher. So to see our index-only portfolio that long, it's not really a mystery. 
look at what's going on in the indexes. They're just walking up at a fairly um, steady clip, moving at the NASDAQ 100 hasn't seen the 50-day moving average since the beginning of June. All right, so it just keeps grinding higher. These are the big indexes, right? There's the S&P. Well, it looks like it's going to skyrocket next week. Just maybe make a run here at the, um, at the, mid of the middle of this uptrending channel. Okay, and what keeps me on the fence a little bit is what's going on in small caps. Now, they tried to break out on Friday, and they just didn't make it. It just didn't give us the risk on signal that, you know, kind of I was hoping to see. This looks like a major double top in small caps. Now, it could reverse and skyrocket. The, the weird thing about the year that we're in and a mechanical bull market is that um, all of the tools we use in a normal market environment to protect capital seem to be detrimental in a market that's mechanical where the Fed is just printing money. There will be a time again when protecting capital will save your bacon. The market will not just trend higher forever because the Fed's constantly adding liquidity. There will be changes. And, and when we get into a complacent market like this, this is what's so concerning to me. This is part of the wall of worry for me. Even for me, and I've been doing this a long time, and this is, you know, let's be honest, the armor investing way is my strategy, so it should be easy for me to stick to it. It gets very hard. It gets very hard for me to stick to it. I say, what's the point? Why should I care about stop losses and protecting principle? Just hold everything. The market just keeps going up. What difference does it make? You know, that's always right around the corner from splat. And so I just have to look back at a body of evidence of net worth and how I run it, and I say, over time, this really works. There'll be years where I underperform because I'm protecting capital a year. It doesn't need it. And that's kind of what the year, this year has been. Yeah, we're making some money, but not nearly the kind of money we could be making if I was willing to be a crazy aggressive and never let a stop get hit. Let things crater, reverse, and skyrocket. Doesn't work for me, right? So I protect capital. Then I'll capture upside. But I run different pools of capital. For those of you concerned about me, that maybe my stops are getting me out of the market. I have an index-only portfolio. I can't have more exposure. I'm maxed out. <laughs> it just keeps walking up. So one of the reasons we're maxed out is I, I really like what we're seeing in the ARC uh, index, um, the ARC funds, the innovator funds right here. This, this, is, this blow-off top seems to, to me, it's six months old. So there's nobody stuck in the market in, in these stocks up here now. And they've been basing for a while. And they're making this nice pennant formation right on top um, of the 200-day um, moving average. That's my favorite. So I'm going to cut this, this blow-off top off. I'm going to say it's something like this that's forming in the ARC funds. Now, I don't know which way it's going to break. My job is to get on the right side of probabilities over and over when rewards worth risk. The reward's enormous if these things break out. The risk is totally manageable because we're adding these indexes right tight to the base here. Okay, I'm not going to be paying for them when they skyrocket. I'm not buying them up here. So the time to add them is right in the base, right, when they make a higher low like they are right now. We'll get to this in cannabis in a minute. All right, so that's the um, ARC Financial, right, FinTech. The genomic stocks look phenomenal. And, and really, um, Thursday was day one. Friday was a bit of a, uh, a give back, which is normal. Okay, but if we take out the highs of Thursday, this thing should really – start cooking with grease. So we're making higher lows, beautiful pennant formations, and it's a question of reward to risk. It's just a question of reward to risk. If you break out of a pennant like this, the reward is enormous on the upside. These things will get going, you know, very much, you know, like we're seeing in crypto now, okay? So you have consolidation, you break out of that pattern, and it skyrockets. And the idea is to buy it the pattern as tight to the base as possible when we first get the risk on entry point using armor algorithms. And that was Thursday. That was Thursday. Now, if it takes out these lows, really um, looks like the lows of the third. If it took out the lows of the third, I would exit the position. So it's tight. But if it skyrockets, we'll be long. Okay? And this is the innovators. 
same exact story. You could argue that's a little cup and handle. And really, last week was the breakout with the sell-off on Friday, just to shake out a little. So why did we, we – um, so bottom line with this segment of the conversation, indexes look great. Some of our favorite indexes, the innovators, are starting to show signs of life again. And this will get us to cannabis in a minute. But so we're starting to see signs of life there. And there's really nothing that looks like it's going to stop the market, probably through the Jackson Hole meeting. Okay. So the end of the month, you know, we should be able to get some movement here in the indexes. And of course, I say all this and I wrap it up with the bow of stop losses. Okay. They break down next week. You don't have to wait for my conversation with you next Saturday, you know I'm taking positions out of my portfolio, okay? But for right now, indexes look great. So now let's skip over to group ETFs. Something really strange happened. On Friday, we had the jobs report came in better than expected, blah, blah, blah. I mean, government numbers are a joke. They revise them up. They revise them down. Economists never know what the right number is going to be. It's a complete waste of time. But you get these algo, intraday algo reactions to them. So better jobs numbers means sell the innovators, buy the industrials. It's just the stupidest thing ever. Theoretically, it means that because the Fed can stop adding liquidity if the economy picks up, more people go to work. That's the argument. Okay? I say to you, if that were true, if that's really what's happening, then somebody explain this to me. Somebody explain this to me. What is going on with utilities? Utilities are in the process of breaking out of a major pennant formation. This would suggest yields are going down, not up. Now, the really strange thing is, what type of markets do you see? Can you ever remember a market where utilities are about to break out of a major pennant and the financial stocks look like this? Financials just broke out last week. Of course they would, right? Financials go up when the economy gets better. The theory, and this is literally, there's algorithms written to day trade, and they, they crawl news wires, and they put together word clouds, and they put trades on. That's a fact, okay? So when you get better than expected jobs number, the knee-jerk algo is to go buy financials because it means rates are going to go up, Fed's going to reduce liquidity. This is good for banks, Okay. Banks have already been on a tear, though, right? They had a tear with the market, then they consolidated, then we got that good jobs number. So what I say to you is we look at these group ETFs and we wonder what is really going on. Are financials going to extend this move, or are the utilities about to break out? They broke out last week, but, you know, we want a little follow-through on that. How can you have both? How can you have both? Well, I submit to you, we got, quote, better than expected jobs numbers. And in the very same breath, we are getting closer and closer to new lockdown regulations and restrictions because of the next wave of the Wuhan virus. Okay. So the market doesn't really know which way to go. And liquidity keeps being added. Right. And so everyone's anticipating what happens at the end of the month with Jackson Hole. Now, I find that interesting, too, because the market keeps reliving the past, okay? There was a Jackson Hole meeting in 2015 where Ben Bernanke talked about, you know, reducing liquidity and the market imploded. And ever since then, everybody's afraid that the, the Fed chair is going to say something at Jackson Hole, and every year it's a dud. I don't think the Fed chair is going to make any major change at Jackson Hole. It's going to be the same ridiculous conversation, if the job market looks better, if inflation looks better, then we're going to do that. But we're not going to do that anytime soon. We're going to wait, COVID, blah, blah, blah. I mean, so nothing's really changing there. So to wrap up this thought, if it sounds a little confusing, it's because it is. The market's grinding higher. It's a mechanical bull market because of the Fed. There are potholes along the way. So these are the stocks that I'm focusing on right now. I'm lowering the beta in my portfolio while I still participate in the market. August, 
September and October are traditionally three of the toughest months of the year in the market. The market is priced to perfection right now. There's a wall of worry that's building for me. I don't know what the tail risk is. It could have something to do with China. I don't know. China is doing some pretty stupid things, and I wonder if at some point does the market just give up on Chinese companies, and are there hedge funds that are going to be caught with their pants down, as usual, with too much risk in the Chinese market? Okay? You've heard me talk ad nauseum about China. I don't know why anybody puts money in Chinese companies ever. All right? But I've already talked about this. I won't go over it again. I think I talked about it last week. All right? This is a country that promises they're going to do accounting that's totally opaque, and you have no idea what the earnings are. And yet people tell me, what a great growth story. Their earnings are great. How do you know? You could wake up in the morning and the, the Chinese government could decide that that business is illegal. I mean, forget it. There's so many better places to put money. But my question is, is at some point, you've got all these Chinese changes that seem very aggressive with a lot of U.S. investors, world investors, holding the bag. As Chinese companies go public, raise a bunch of cash, steal it from the West, and then they change the rules. I don't know. Will that eventually come home to roost? I don't know. Um, so what I am doing, if I'm going to put capital to work in this market, is I'm really building out my dividend part of my portfolio, which lowers my beta, and I'm using ETFs to take my risk. So I'll buy the ARK Innovator ETFs. I like the setup. Okay? There's a lot of upside there. I'd rather put twice as much money in the ETFs than go pick and choose the individual stocks I want to own. Because you pick the wrong one, it blows up. But the whole group keeps going up. So... There are a couple of individual names that are at the very top of my whiteboard. I'm going to show you what they are right now, okay? I think without a doubt, these two companies are, are worth a place in my portfolio, okay? Zoom, especially if we get a resurgence of any type of this lockdown scenario. I think there's, this is a great story, having made a great acquisition, combining two companies. They bought Fiverr, right? Okay, I think this is a big stock. It gets extra juice if we actually go into lockdowns next week of some kind. But I think this is a really great story, and it works no matter what happens with the economy. And the other is Teladoc. Okay, this is the earnings announcement right here last week. Stock gap down 10% on the news, closed up at the end of the day, went higher the next day, built a tight pattern in here. All right, so I think the double bottom is in. I think this asset goes higher. And a really strange you know, thing people don't realize, they just trade it based on the, 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 the virus outbreak or not. So obviously, if the virus outbreak gets worse, the stock's going to do better. But interestingly enough, this company is um, doing well, really based on um, doctor visits having nothing to do with infectious diseases. Like uh, the, the, their business, for instance, in um, mental health has gone berserk. I mean, it's, a, it's like a phenomenal offering. And so if there's an uptick in viruses, yes, their business does even better. But this company's seen the trough, having made that acquisition of Lavongo last year. It took a while to put the two products together, and I think they're coming out of that. So from a fundamental standpoint, to the top of my list, I think it should be in portfolios to my portfolio, okay? Obviously, the stop is in here, or if you want to be really, really um, patient with the thing, the stop is down here, right? If it takes out the low of the big um, earnings announcement day, it's definitely the story's over and I've missed something. Uh, if you want a tighter stop, you're looking at probably a low right here um, of the 1st or the 2nd of August, okay? As long as it stays in that base, I think this is a great story. If the virus starts to rear its ugly head, the stock goes up. But if not, that, the bad news is already out of this stock. And now they're going to start showing better than expected earnings revenue. And I think there's some big announcements coming uh, from uh, deals the company is making. Okay? I don't know when that will be, but I think it's coming. So anyway, I'll own those two names, but really I'd rather just own these patterns right here. Okay? So I'm not going to go in there and buy each individual genomic stock that I like. I want the group. 
right? I'm not going to buy, you know, just Square or PayPal. I want the whole group, the fintech group, okay? But every now and then I'll find a couple names that I think are worthy of being atop my whiteboard. Here's the third one, okay? Pacific Bioscience. This is another earnings announcement. Stock was down in the morning, closed up at the end of the day, broke out the next day. Of course, Friday had a big sell-off, but it's contained inside. It's an inside day, actually. It's not an inside-out day. It's an inside day of the big move prior, okay? So this is a huge story. Now, I've made a fortune in this space uh, over the last, I don't know, 20-plus years in Illumina, and I do it over and over again. In fact, I have some clients who still own the stock from when we originally bought it in 2003. 2003. I literally have clients who still own the stock. And on a split-adjusted basis, it's something like, I don't know, know, maybe $1.50 where they got in. Okay, and they still have it in their portfolio, which is amazing. Um, that's just for you, Raymond, just in case you wonder if I ever do that. Well, hey, if somebody wants to own it and ride, it, ride the swings, it's up to them. But um, what I like to do is pick off these entry points. We did it right here in Illumina, skyrocketed, sold it, bought the double bottom right here, still on the stock. We, we, we sold 20% of our um, position out right at the top. Before the earnings announcement, that's just a rule I have. When I'm on a trade that's really working, I book some profits. I get out of the way right in front of earnings, particularly when it's priced to perfection. So it's sold off with the news. It's totally normal. And I can go buy it back when it sets up again, but I have my core trade on. Okay? But the same exact scenario that has made Illumina such a success is playing out now in Pacific Biosciences. The fundamental story is enormous. And... If we look at what happened, and I, I can't go into all the details with, with, with you right now on it, but if we look at what happened to Illumina, that stock exploded. They have a, a razor, razor blade model. These are, somebody asked me, I know you guys are waiting for me to do a video of you know, what stocks make it to my whiteboard, and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> If I could carve out some time, we're going to sit down and go over how something gets on my whiteboard. What is the fundamental approach? But one major piece to the fundamental puzzle is the type of business model, right? I like razor, razor blade business models. And so does the street. And what you look for is that inflection point when they've sold enough razors into the market that the consumable business starts to hockey stick. The reason we love that on the street is because margins start to expand, right? Because usually consumable margins are like in the 90%, whereas the razor margins are maybe 50%, right? So what you want to do is seed the market with your, your razor, if you will, and then get to that inflection point where there's so many razors in the market that the razor blade consumables go through the roof, and that's when the stock really just goes, Okay, and we're approaching that phase here in Pacific Biosciences, and that's why I like it so much. And it's going to be on my whiteboard, and I'm going to keep trying to find the entry point. What would the stop be? Right, if it takes out the low of this bar here, I'd exit. Okay, this would take us below the 200-day moving average and below the low of the day where it had the earnings announcement. And I would say, okay, I can't hold the stock right now. But as long as it stays above that, it needs to be in my portfolio. All right, so those are the three aggressive names that I'll put in my portfolio right now. The rest of my aggressive money is going into ETFs. You want another example of an ETF that's blowing out, it looks great, just look at it, IBD50. Huge pennant here, about to explode. How about the momentum index? Wow, momentum index is taking off. So I can get some real good exposure, which the, I, I own these in the index only portfolio, and they're breaking out of pennants. So I don't, I don't need the risk of individual names. I got a lot of names that I could own in the ETF space that are taken off. If I put individual capital to work, I'm looking for dividend plays. Okay, so for instance, on Friday, we added shares of Dow at a 4.5% yield, tight to the 200-day moving average. The stop's the 200-day. I use stops on dividend plays like I do anything else. If I buy it tight to the stop and I'm right on the entry point, it starts to go, I don't have to worry about it. Right? That's like what we did two weeks ago in Pfizer, right? We bought Pfizer right here. We didn't pay up for it. it was you could have. You could have paid up for it. We bought it in here at a 4% yield. 
right? So I keep leaning in that direction. We added shares of Chubb um, last week. Now, Chubb only has a 2.5% yield, so it's not really a yielding stock so much. But I'm trying to find a way to even out my portfolio with a little bit of financials as they're blowing out. And of course, Chubb is, is an um, insurance company breaking out of a beautiful base. Look at that. And Chubb is always the best name in the space. You can go look at all the names if you want. They all look pretty good, but Chubb's the best in my uh, estimation over the years. Um, CBX at a 5.5% yield, or maybe it's 5.2% at this point. I just, um, I like to buy these types of names after they shake out and recover, okay? So we, we, we tried it in here. We collected a dividend. We exited the position. What I really want to see is a shakeout to the 200-day, which happened, and a reversal back above. And that's what Chevron's doing now. So I'm willing to take that trade on. It's making higher lows. If it goes back below the 200-day, I'll sell it. But if I get the right entry point and the stock takes off, you know, and breaks out of this base, I'm going to have locked in a 5-plus percent yield on Chevron. Now, obviously, these are my names. If you're seeing a breakout go on in Chevron, you better believe there's something coming in the rest of the energy space. And so you can always do any energy stock you want. I'm just sharing with you what I do personally. You know, take it or leave it, right? Um, I'm not going to go over all the different energy stocks we could buy. There's many. The pipeline stocks have come down. They're setting up bases. They have nice yields. Okay? At the top of my list for next week is going to have to be J.P. Morgan. You know, there's many different names you could own. All right, Morgan Stanley's blowing out, leading the group. Goldman Sachs has taken off. These are the financials, right? Goldman Sachs blew out. Not J.P. Morgan's got a yield of a little over 2%. Is it 2.5% maybe? Whoops. All right, just starting to come out above the 50 Right, this is the earnings announcement, ready? So it broke down on the earnings news, recovered, and now it's back above the 50. That stock could be owned really starting Monday. It takes out the high of yesterday. That, that's your entry point. Now you could buy weakness in the morning is what I'll be doing. Okay, so I'm going to be evening out. I mean, we already own Duke and Southern Company, right? So we've got our utilities that are breaking out. I mean, look at Duke. Your utilities are breaking out. And I'm going to be adding some financial to go with it and adding a little in, industrial. I want to own industrial that's paying me a dividend, right? So that part of the portfolio is lower beta. And then my higher beta stuff is going to be the innovator type of investments going with the ETFs and occasional names that are at the very top of my whiteboard, Teladoc, you know, Pacific Bioscience, um, um, and um, – Okay, so those are my plays right now. I'm ready to get to questions right after we discuss cannabis, okay? So what would get us into the cannabis stocks? Let's take a look at the charts real quick. We had earnings last week, and, you know, they were underwhelming. And now what we look at, CGC, I just wanted to go over this chart with you, okay? So we had an unbelievable run, which at the Armour Report we made money on. I hope you did too. And we exited because we used stock from ourselves. No matter how great we love the story, we booked our profit, we're gone. The whole profit has been reversed. There's nothing left in canopy growth now. It's all the way back to where the original breakout occurred. So what I start looking for is a bottom to form. It hasn't formed yet. It keeps making lower highs and lower lows. So there's nothing to do with that chart pattern. I'm going to let the first move happen without me. Probably I'll day trade it right? Then the pullback, make it a higher low, and that's where we start looking, okay? We just look at Telray. Same, same story. Same story, really. Pennants that are broken down, okay? Now, Telray looks a little bit better. It's trying to make a higher low in here. Look at that, okay? But it's given back all of those games. Kronos. Now, Kronos is making a double bottom, Okay? So Kronos and Telray actually look better than CGC, but totally erased the gains. But that's actually setting up better. That, that chart on Kronos is getting a little more interesting. I don't, I don't know why, really. I mean, 
I'm not, you know, I'm not really sure why that one's better than the other. And then, of course, organogram is one of my favorite names. But these are fundamental favorite names sitting right on top of the 200-day. And the reason I highlight this today, let's just look at a couple more. I'm going to just share with you my thought here. So that, that, that wasn't really a pattern that developed, right? We look at patterns, and then we have to see the breakouts. If they don't occur, then that's not the pattern. All right, so this is Village Farms. Okay, but it's making a higher low as well. It's actually holding up well above its original breakout. So you can see that CGC, the leader in the past, is becoming the laggard now. Village Farms looks a lot better. So we're starting to get some pattern formations in the cannabis stocks, and this is why I'm bringing them up today. I've avoided talking about them for the last couple of months because we're just not in them and they keep going down. So what's the point? But we're past the earnings announcements. They're not plummeting on the news. They're setting up bases. Some of our favorite names are showing some decent-looking bases. So it's time to start searching again. And, and here's why. By the way, this is um, MSOS, right? So these are the, the U.S. MSOs. And I just don't see anything in that chart pattern that makes me want to get long U.S. MSOs right here. I just There's just nothing there. It's a breakdown you know, below this level. So I need to see MSOS run up, pull back, make a higher low, make a double bottom. Honestly, Village Farms, Organogram, Canopy Growth, Telray, they look better than the U.S. names. Somebody asked me, um, I saw on Twitter, someone was asking me about the individual, uh, the individual names and what I look at them. So here you go. All right, so there's True Leaf, right? It's just breaking down. Like there's no pattern there that looks even remotely interesting to me. Pure Leaf looks ter t -t 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 terrible. Okay, Green Thumb somehow holds up. That's the leader for sure. Right? Cresco, not bad. At least Cresco is making a double bottom here. So some of our favorite leaders in the past just don't look very good right now. Okay? But there are some signs of life. And so that puts the Canadian names that I mentioned, Telray, Kronos, Organogram, Village Farms. Those four names be at the top of my list to day trade. And if I got on a trade that skyrocketed, maybe I'd hold it overnight. Okay, those four, because those are the four best patterns. And if they start making money for us, then we can start branching out and looking elsewhere. And no matter how frustrating it may be that the U.S. cannabis companies have a better business model, blah, blah, blah. I get it, but the market doesn't care. The market cares about what's most liquid, what can institutions buy. Okay, and until rules change in the U.S., the U.S. names will follow the Canadian names. So what happens is, institutional money comes back into the Canadian names, they take off, then retail sees that and starts buying the U.S. names, okay? So we're going to play first in Canadian names. Don't, don't argue with me about, well, the Canadian names don't have that. That's not the point. It, investing at the end of the day in, a, in, the, in the near term, near to intermediate term, is about flows of capital. It's not about the fundamentals. Long term, five or ten years from now, Absolutely. A true leave out, should outperform them all. Okay. Green thumb. Okay. But right now in the world we live in, it's about flows of capital. And so if the window opens for cannabis investments, biggest flow of capital goes into the Canadian names because that's what you can trade. I mean, look, if you have a Merrill Lynch account, you can't buy true leave. You can't even buy MSOS. Think about that. Not just Merrill Lynch. There's other guys in the street. Can't buy those names, but you can buy Village Farms. That's why those stocks go up first. So those are the leaders. If we see those pop and we can make money there, then you and me, because we, can, we, own, we have portfolios at, at investment houses that allow us to buy whatever we want. Don't pretend that um, um, we need parenting. Um, we'll go out there and buy the U.S. names, but they're just not set up right now. So let's watch those four names, see how they behave, See if we can make money on them and then branch out. All right, let's get to the Q&A. What do you got for me? Let's start with this question. Rocky Rock, how are you, brother? What do you think about 
IGF. Global infrastructure. Well, I guess one day money will be spent on infrastructure. I know, I know uh, politicians love talking about it. Nothing wrong with that chart pattern. Now, let, let's be clear. I am going to share with you my technical opinion of these charts you're asking me about. I don't know the fundamentals of the story any more than you do, unless you guys ask me about a company that I actually know. Then I'll say, hey, okay, this is something. I've done research here. I've listened to conference calls. I've talked to management. This is what I think. So asking me a question about IGF, I don't have any edge when it comes to fundamentals. I'll tell you that I hate investing based on whether or not politicians agree on spending money. Uh, you know, so, but that chart looks great and it looks like a perfect risk reward entry point. But for me, the stop would be right tight underneath it. And you can go global infrastructure or you can go PAVE, right? P-A-V-E. I like that one too. U.S. infrastructure, Globex. So PAVE looks really good too. PAVE broke out last week, right? So those are two ideas that are worth taking a peek at. Hey, good morning, Eris. Oh, geez, thoughts on crypto breaking out. Okay. Let's look at some chart patterns first. My two favorite ways to play crypto, coin, and I think they're going to announce earnings next week, right? Um, but that's a great-looking pattern, and you can see if you use Fibonacci fans, in a downtrend, you draw three separate downtrend lines using the Fibonacci um, uh, a drawing tool, and when you break the third downtrend, it means the new a new trend is unfolding. That doesn't mean it has to skyrocket. It could be a sideways consolidation, but it just means the selling is over. And so, um, let's take a look at this. Um, yeah, oh, in three days. So, so Coinbase is going to announce earnings in three days, and I'm just not going to buy it in front of its first earnings announcement. I don't really think, I mean, I don't know the fundamentals of the business to even, you know, so just take this with a grain of salt, okay? But I would be surprised if the first earnings announcement is some type of a blowout. I know in the last couple of months when crypto was selling off a lot, crypto volume went down a lot. These guys get paid on volume, so you wouldn't expect a blowout number. And I know that they're building out their business aggressively, so expenses are high, so I would just be surprised if this is the first quarter of a blowout runaway stock. And I wouldn't take the risk on that name in front of earnings. I'm just not, I'm not going to do that. Now, the ARK innovator funds that we're buying have a big slug of, slug of Coinbase in them, right? So let's say Coinbase is a blowout number. It might drag those you know, innovator funds up. I'm willing to own the ETFs, but I'm not willing to put a bunch of money uh, into that stock in front of earnings. But it, it is my favorite name right alongside of, of, of SI. Silvergate looks great. Silvergate, it, it, to, to me, Silvergate, I think, is the best fundamental story. I've done a lot of work on this, and I think it's the best fundamental story. Right now, it's closely tied to the movement in Bitcoin because that's where they get most of their revenue. But over time, that's going to change. And I love the story, and I love that pattern, right? Now, here's a couple of the names that I, I don't like the stories and I, I, I day trade them. In fact, we day traded this on our trading desk um, uh, yesterday, right? Riot. But if we just look at the chart patterns, honestly, um, that's a really, really explosive looking pattern to me. You know, if it, if it could break that downtrend next week, um, and this is the trend, I'm going to say something now that's um, so there's the trend. It's kind of broken already, but you need to see follow through next week. So if we get follow through next week on Riot, right, on Mara, right, that's a double bottom breakout, right? I'm not, I'm not buying MicroStrategy, but that thing's coming on now too, right? And um, I, think, um, I think Hut looks great. Hut's a great little story, right? The more China cracks down on crypto mining, the better companies – who crypto mine do around the world. You know, so of course the flip side is China decides to allow their guys to start crypto mining again, and it makes it more difficult for the guys around the world to do it. But when China clamped down dramatically, the way you, 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 as you guys probably know this, the way you um, 
mine Bitcoin, the harder it is. Um, how do I explain it? But you guys probably know better than me. But when when it becomes um, I don't know if harder to mine is the answer, but when there's less mining out there, it becomes easier to create Bitcoin, right? When there's more mining, it becomes harder to create Bitcoin, okay? So when they shut down China, it became easier to create Bitcoin. And a company like Hut all of a sudden costs less to produce more. Market loves that story, and the chart looks great, right? So we should probably find our way in there. Um, HVBT, right, is the other name. Hive Blockchain. I, I just... I have a hard time with the story. I've, I've done a lot of work on this over the last three, four years, and so maybe I know too much, and I just don't, I don't, I don't like the, the, the management team. But that's a decent-looking pattern as well. So the bottom line to your question, Erez, is if you look at the companies involved in the mining, stocks starting to look great. If we look at things like, you know, ETHE together. Right? I mean, that's an explosion, implosion. Now it's starting to go. My only concern is I, I feel like there's a lot of guys trapped up here. And so I wouldn't expect this thing to rip all the way up here again. I think it's going to run into overhead, back and fill, and set up patterns. But I do think that the bottom is in, right? And the new run has started. And what we want to do if we want to be involved is buy weakness. You know, not, not, not chase them, but buy weakness. That's, that's my thought. And I can see right now they're up, you know, even more this morning. But what goes on on the weekend can be reversed by the time we come in Monday morning. So I don't get too um, concerned about it over the weekend. Um, so anyway, those are my thoughts on crypto. They look great. I can't argue with those chart patterns. Um, we can look to, you know, um, buy them on weakness in the morning and trade them just like we did Riot on Friday. I think they should be at the top of the day trading whiteboard every morning. And when we get the right setup, put the trades on. That's, that's where my head is. Um, Kirkland Lake. N none of these charts are any good. All right. We tried to get long. We wanted to get long. We never got the buy signal. We never got it. Right. In fact, on this morning, the morning right here on the gold stocks, which was the 4th of August, all the armor insiders on this call know what I'm talking about. In that morning meeting, I shared with you guys, I'm going to be buying these stocks this morning if I get the right setup. They gapped up in the morning, and all they did was sell off right after that. Here, I'll show you the, the intraday trading chart that we use on GDX, right? This was the gap up morning, and I was willing to buy that gap if I got the right signal, and instead what we got was a short signal. Right in here, failed right at the VWAP and imploded. So there was just no reason to buy the stocks. And so there's no reason for me to be adding shares of Kirkland Lake. You know, I just can't do it until the group changes. And it doesn't look very good right now. And when you get a better than expected jobs number, um, you know, it, it does that to the price of gold. Okay, now the price of gold is breaking down out of the uptrend on the back of, quote, better than expected jobs number. Now, if it stops right here and does a reversal like it did here, right after what I consider to be bogus job numbers, it might be worth buying. It might be really worth buying gold right down here if it reverses and takes out the high of that bar. That's a consideration because then it'll make a double bottom right on the uptrend and you'll be past what is a completely ridiculous jobs an uh, implosion on gold and silver, right? Every time there's good jobs number, they wreck gold and silver, all right? All right, I-N-V-A. Hey, Raymond, what's happening, man? Inovia. Oh, write it down, do some work. That looks like a good chart pattern there, all right? Raymond ideas, let's write them down. I-N-V-A. All right. I mean, I'm not paying for it up here, but it's worth doing a little bit of work. Schwab, you, dividend. Yeah, that's a way to do it. You could buy the dividend ETF. I mean, that's really, you know, Raymond, that's really what I'm seeing. I'm seeing so many of my dividend stocks go up 
I'm not going to buy the ETF because I, I don't know what they're, what they're taking out of that. Um, I want all the yield for myself. So usually the ETF has some type of a, um, a fee attached to it and they're taking some of your dividends and I just don't, I don't need, I don't need an ETF for, for, for a dividend. I can go buy my favorite dividend stocks, but, um, the graphic representation of what's going on in dividends is just beautiful. And, and what does that really mean? I mean, the, the, the Fed's supposed to be raising rates and the dividend uh, uh, ETF looks just as good as the, as, the, as the XLF, the financial ETF. But I guess that just means the whole market's going up. S-N-R-G. I don't know that one. All right, I'm going to do some work there. S-N-R-G. Whoops. S-N-R-G. What is it? I'm not exactly sure what that is, so i got to do some work there. ARC began adding that? All right, I'll take a look. Hey, uh, nice, uh, nice to see you. Um, you sold Ether and you bought Bitcoin. That doesn't have to be a mistake. I mean, bought Mara. Yeah, I mean, Mara looks pretty good. Mara and Riot, they run together, you know. Well done, Ray. Well done. Hey, Tech Monkey. Deb, I'm always wondering if you're out there. All right, so do you think SoFi is going to be a model that people move to the future? Um, God, you know, first of all, there's the chart on SoFi. I should, I should take these down so we don't get confused. There's a huge pattern developing here. There's a big short interest. The stock is starting to put a bottom in. It looks really good. And we had a really nice day trade on this on Friday, Deb, on our live trading desk, right? So um, what we look for are stocks close to this yellow line here, which is the armor moving average, right? We get the opening range high and low. Sometimes we'll trade the open like this and it skyrockets. We didn't do that on, on Monday. Market was actually suffering the first half hour on Monday, so I generally don't trade against the market. So anyway, skyrocketed. But what we like to do is buy the first pullback to the VWAP if it holds. And so this black dotted line is the VWAP, okay? This is uh, Thursday's trading. This is Friday's trading. This is the line that splits it, okay? So what we do is this works tremendously well for us as a secondary trade. The first move of the day is an explosion higher that stops right at the ATR. You see that blue line right there? That's the average true range high of the day. It sells off and tests the VWAP. In fact, it went below it here and touches the first standard deviation below the VWAP and reverses. That's a great setup for us. What we do is we buy when it goes back above VWAP. And in fact, the bar that we bought was right here, the 11.42 bar, okay? And we ended up, you know, booking our profits somewhere up here. I think, um, I think it was on this three-bar reversal. When we get three bars against a trade that's working, we generally book our profit and move on. And that's a perfect three-bar reversal right there. So we were gone. We made that money. So from a day trade standpoint, it's a fun stock to day trade. Um, eventually, I think it's a, you know, it could be a big stock to, to go long. And I like your, you know, your idea. You could trade all kinds of things. You could trade crypto. You could trade everything you know, on, on SoFi's platform. So I do like the idea. Um, but my guess is as good as yours, what the crowd decides to go with when it comes to financial multitasking. So we'll see. We'll see. Let's keep our eye on it. It's definitely, it's definitely on my whiteboard. It's something I like to day trade. And I might hook into a day trade that skyrockets and stay with it as a swing trade. We've made some money on and off in Nokia. We're not long Nokia right now, but it certainly is in a nice uptrend. I think this was a good earnings announcement it gapped up on. 
So I'll keep my eye on that. I might want to be back long here. Hey, and let me just tell you something. Aries, you were asking the question about crypto. We're talking about crypto. We look at those stocks breaking out. And what it makes me really feel is if crypto takes off again, I think you're going to see the innovator stocks going with it and the cannabis names taking off. Because those three names, those groups, all run together. So whether I make a lot of money on crypto or not, I mean, I may not, but that thing explodes, I am going to be hitting the innovator names and the cannabis names because it's that crowd that drives those stocks together, all of them as a group. And so I watch crypto closely. If it rolls over and implodes, we're probably not going to make money on our innovator investments. There probably won't be a shot at, at, at cannabis right now. But if those things take off, open season on other favorite names. Oh, Schwab has zero cost. Huh? That's interesting. Let's take a look. Um, SRNG. Oh, Soaring Eagle Acquisition Corp. SRNG. Is that what you're talking about? So that's a that's a SPAC. Interesting idea. I'll do some work on it. All right, uh, four. Yeah, I mean, I like this story, four. I really do. I'm looking for an opportunity there. The earnings announcement are passed. It looks like it was pretty good. I, I like the story, you know, and you're looking at something like this, Christian. So I know you're an insider with us. Let's, um, let's keep this on the top of our whiteboard. Because the next time this thing goes through 100, I think it could get legs. All right. All right, guys, look, I've got to uh, split a little bit early here. I've got the kids today. We have a lot of projects to work on. Ninth anniversary is coming up next week, so things to do this week um, to take care of that and make sure um, that my wife knows how much she's loved. Anyway, um, last question here. Ark. Okay, Ginkgo's a big idea. Great. I'm gonna I'm gonna pay attention to that. And you're saying what Ginkgo is a reverse SPAC. It's a SPAC, I guess, right, of the SRNG. So I'll do some work on that. All right, I appreciate that help, Raymond. I hope you all have a great weekend. I look forward to seeing you guys next week. I'm Raymond Siders. I'll see you Monday morning, 8.30. Have a great weekend, everybody.